G'day everybody, Drew here. This episode, Bryce and I discuss the sexual assault allegations made towards prominent figures in the competitive Smash Brothers community. This is by far the most serious topic we have touched in the three years of doing the show, and we understand if you need to skip the conversation. Full timestamps are in the show notes. But I ask that you don't skip. If 2020 has shown us anything, it is that we need to take a step back and listen. Listen to the voices that are drowned out by bigotry, racism, sexism, or just plain ignorance. Earlier this week, a small portion of our Nintendo community was exposed for the awful and indefensible acts towards minors. And while this has ended competitive Smash Bros as we know it, it is a time we can reflect on what environment we want to make for those who love Nintendo and gaming in general. We go into it this episode, but let's start by looking out for one another and calling out those who get a kick out of making others miserable. Too long has gaming been clouded by toxic negativity. And really, that makes no sense to me. My whole life, gaming has brought me so much joy. Let's just celebrate the creators, the games, and community of players together. So no matter who you are, the doors to the House of Mario are always open. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by 120 Power Star Rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to episode 149 are open. This week on the show, we're talking about some pretty serious allegations made towards some prominent players in the Super Smash Bros. community, and much more news. Much more news, Bryce. And I've already given away who's joining us. <laughs> it's Bryce. Wow. 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 Something different, you know. Just well, I'll go well with done. you this week, I reckon. All right. Yep. Yep. Just spin the fucking twister board. Yeah, the twister board. Right foot on Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> Guess Left who's on the podcast this week? <laughs> Left foot on Bryce. Oh. <laughs> In bin Bryce. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. I know. Oh, Bryce. Um. It's good to have you in person this week, back in the house of Murray, rather than yes, mate. looking at a picture of just my a screensaver yeah. and hearing your voice. Yeah. And more to the point, you've brought over a beverage I have brought for over us all. A beverage, yes. I'm really yes. excited. So this is a furfy, and it's not a, an ale like we, we usually drink. This is actually a crisp lager. Yes, it certainly is. I didn't know they did crisp lager. No, it's only a, must have been recent, right? It's a recent thing. So I'm going to have my first taste and impression on the show. So that's going to be ooh, rather nice. Oh, you're uh-huh. dropping the... Dropping the, um, dropping the cap, cap there. Yeah. We're dropping the cap, mate. So here we go. Mm-hmm. There he goes. You know what? I'm really thirsty, so I don't really care what it tastes like. It's, it tastes good, though. Yeah, yeah it, it tastes like it tastes like Furfy, but it's a lager. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's not actually that much different, mm. which is a bit strange. And yeah. so, like, you know, I suppose if, you, if you're sort of like, oh, I'm getting chonked up by this ale, you can, you can just have it <laughs> instead, you know? Yeah. Because I remember there was, a, there was a time there for a little bit where you literally just couldn't drink the ale. Because mm. you were having problems with it. Well, I wasn't having problems with it. It's just like, uh, for some reason, when I drank it, it made my jaw ache. Yeah. Which is, I got no idea. Don't ask why, yeah. how that is a thing. No idea. Um, yeah, I was just drinking it after work. I'm like, this is actually like making me just like rub my jaw. Like it just felt like it was in the bone. Really weird. Mm. Really yeah. weird. Yeah. I don't know if that was the cold. Does it happen anymore? I feel like it happened like a, I can't remember the last time I've actually... Had a beer. I usually like. I've been having a Kraken and Coke after work. 
mm, yeah. which is really nice. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm. Have you tried the pre-mixes? Yeah, that's what I was drinking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. they are delicious. They are beautiful. I've, are I've awesome. actually been having one like every other sort of night. I bought a four-pack and... Well, yeah. we know what we're going to have to buy a box of after we finish with that big bottle of Captain Morgan. Yeah. Because mm. <laughs> cra- we're alcoholics on this show. We're actually not. Us. We're actually not though. Like I barely drink, but then you know we just catch up, and this is our time to have a beer. Yeah, that's so right. yeah. it makes us seem like an alcoholic. If you're listening to this, like oh, you know, let's listen to the next. These uh, boys, they, these boys drink all the time. <laughs> no, we really don't. Like this is like five episodes in a row. It's like we're always talking about beer. It's like holy shit, these the, boys are in trouble. The last thing we need as people. Like us personally in our <laughs> lives is probably alcohol. We've got too much shit going on, right? So, you know, it is nice just to have a beverage every now and then, but I'm definitely not one of those people that's just like, you know what, I'll drink a six pack after work because it doesn't happen. Mm. Yeah. Like I might have a beer after work off the tap because it's the best way to have a beer. Oh my God, bro. Like, without, yes. without a doubt, mm. you know, but you know, if we're, if we're just sitting down and playing Smash, yeah, I mean, we could try and bring that to a pub if we want, but. It's probably just easier to have have it at home and have a beer out out the stubby. I mean, it'd be cheaper at home. You got a better TV at home. You mm. don't have annoying people at That's home. Right. That's unless, right. Unless you you know, unless your partner's annoying you at the time, but most of the time they don't, do they? And if you need any evidence <laughs> that either of us don't really drink all that much, you've only got to look at Drew's fridge because ninety percent of the time you will only find about one one percent of the drinks that are in his fridge are non-expired the rest of them are totally expired yeah, no joke uh the other day i was like oh i feel like a beer uh i had two carlton dryers in there I'm like, fantastic i would love two carlton dryers right now and i took them out i'm like oh no they still have the pull caps yeah yeah so, they're well gone so <laughs> those pull caps they came and went because people really didn't like them they were just they were a pretty oh, dumb idea compared they, to the screw cap. They tried to bring them back yeah. but like yeah because that happened in the past but they cut people's fingers so they'll um Best before November 2019. So eight months old Yuck. they were. And they taste... I just... I'll have a sip just in case it tastes okay. Did not taste okay. No. Was disgusting. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Bryce, uh, we're very uh, fortunate this week. We have a new iTunes review. Yeah. Which is exciting. So, we'll read it on the show. And this is from one of our good friends, uh, DJ, who obviously you know from our Discord community. Absolutely. So, it was really cool to see that he left us a review. And he says... Uh, I've been there from the start and it was a five-star review and the review reads, Hi, I've been listening to Thom since the first episode. Drew and Bryce have a great relationship and back and forth between them gives them great comedic and intellectual uh, reviews of Nintendo as well as a good amount of fanboyism. Mm. Uh, The guys are great, even if they occasionally appear a little too opinionated on the Pokemon from a pro-level battling perspective. But outside of this, I have um, I have a great time listening to the show every time. Thank you and keep up the great work. Very nice. So thank you very much for that review, DJ. Absolutely. And uh, since it was from a um, UK account, we actually charted in Great Britain on the Great Britain charts. We did. Uh, I can't remember the exact position, but it was 100 and something. That's still an achievement. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. No, I'm not. I'm not saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very stoked with that because obviously, uh, those or well, that country for the iTunes chart is a very, like a big one to get on. It's a yeah, massive one yeah, to get on. Sure. Yeah. So it was really yeah. cool. So we're currently um, on the Australian charts, the uh, still on Denmark and in Great Britain. So 
It's really cool. Denmark just keeps coming through. They do. And we're consistently staying there. And Denmark has now moved up to our uh, the fifth position on, uh, I guess, the top ten countries that listen to us. Mm-hmm. That's so good. They're climbing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, guys, I mean, thank you very much. An, yeah, considering we're an English podcast, like, you know, mm. it's pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. It really is. And uh, just a, a little bit of an announcement as well. Next week we are doing episode 150 live on my Twitch channel. Yep. And we are talking before, we think we have a date for it and we think we have a, a day for it. So Monday at 8 o'clock Australian Central Standard Time, uh, we'll, be, we'll be live. Mm. Absolutely. And, and it'll be like a bit of a cool show, be able to call in, whether it's through Discord or whatever. We've got to organise all that. We're a bit, bit uh, late. Yeah. I wanted to have more of it organised, but we just haven't at the moment. It's it's really it's a really busy time at the moment too for the both of us. Mm. You know, like uh, I'm working more currently because it's school holidays and people have taken time off because of the kids and, um, you know, you're working pretty much seven days a week. Mm, I am, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit, uh, bit difficult, but we'll get there. Yeah, like today, today was a nightmare. Like, um, one of my cows went down. We called the vet in, trying to, you know, put some, put some life back into it. But I think it's going to die overnight. No. So you know, it's just a lot of shit going on farm wise. Poor fellow. Pub wise, yeah, yeah. So yeah, bit mm. of a pain, but I'm looking forward to doing this, Bryce. It'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully, some people will show up and we'll get an opportunity to talk. Yeah. Talk to them and get them included and everything. Should that, be a lot of fun. That'll be good. Yeah. And it'll be our first live show as well. Yes. Technically it will. With yeah. an audience, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if nobody shows up, that's all good too. We'll just uh, talk to the camera and go, hello. Hello. <laughs> Greg yes. Walker from National Tiles. No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he does a great remix, but come on. <laughs> Rick Walker. Yeah, it goes, yes, he is something like that. Yeah. <laughs> So, Bryce, uh, this week, well, not even this week, today you went and picked up Catherine Full Body Edition on Nintendo Switch. I did. It was release day. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you went to EB Games, bought a copy. And uh, so how much time you put into it on the first day, you reckon, just uh, for a bit of context? Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still going to play more after this podcast is done probably, but I've, I've put a pro- probably be about three to four hours in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So a nice amount for the first day. Yeah. Yeah. So far. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, like, I, I mean, I don't really know what to say other than the fact that it's a port and it performs just as well as any other thing as it should as a nine year old game. Um, it's, it's, you know, got the enhanced features and whatever that come out last year with the, uh, I think it was just PlayStation, right? Yeah. PS4 and PS Vita. Yeah. Vita in Japan though. Just yeah, Japan. Vita, Vita in mm. Japan. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Vita doesn't get support here and we all not. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's about what you'd expect. So there's not much to say on that part. However, like, you know, uh, I was waiting for this game. I'd seen it on special for like 27 bucks during a PlayStation sale. I'm like, oh, oh. But, no, um, the reason I went and pushed and, you know, let it get to this point and bought it for the price I did, which most people, you know, are like, oh, $90. That's a lot of money, but yeah. I've never bought Catherine before, so I see it as justified. I've never heard a single spoiler about Catherine before, so that is justified. I will purchase it as a game that I've never played before, and that's how it's going to be. Um, I want to support Atlas on that platform as much as possible because I would love to see, now that we know that they've gotten golden solely off the Vita, 
mm. and push that to PC and stuff like that. I want to really give them the the fellas. We're over here, you know. <laughs> yes, we are interested in your content. We are interested <laughs> in your content, please, on the portable console. Um, so you know, I I will buy it day one, and I will do these things. And to be completely honest, you know that that is the reason why I would put that much on that. Fair enough, man. Yeah. Yeah. So full support for that. It runs great on Switch. It's a good game to have portable as, you know, the reason it's on PS Vita as well in Japan. And yeah, so that just works. Yeah. Because uh, when you post it, I'm like, oh, surely he price matched it or something. So, like, surely. You can't really price match yeah, it anywhere here. It, it's a pretty niche game. So I dare say Big W no, didn't have it. No, they don't. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, mm. I checked. And the thing is, is that EV games and their price match value was hot garbo. Mm-hmm. You know, unless they're in the same epicenter of, you know, where they are, uh, they won't price match it. Yeah, and the closest JB Hi-Fi is like 450Ks, <laughs> isn't exactly it? right, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's either yeah. that or buy it online and wait a week. And to be completely honest, I want to talk about it today and sort of just go, ah, well, you know, it, it's a port as you'd expect and it, it works well and it's good. And, you know, it's one of those games that works very well on a handheld. Mm. So... That's good. Uh, probably keep in mind as well, though, is that it's rated 18 plus in most places. And here, I'm not so sure. I think it's only MA here. I think it was MA. I didn't see. Yeah. I didn't remember seeing an R in your photo of the box. No, no, yeah. I don't either. But um, I mean, it is it is purely just because of sexual context and mm, yeah. you know all that stuff and out you know consumption of alcohol, which seems to be in a lot of boxes nowadays. Yeah. Um. But. Uh, yeah, so um, you won't be picking it up if you, you know, on the younger side. But um, it is made by Atlas, who make Persona games, and we all know what Persona's like. Um, it's it's blown up, and it's finally got its place in the world. And I would love to see those games come to Switch. And supporting this game is a really good way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, so it's a good port, but if for people that don't know what the game is what is Catherine like what is the gameplay what is the actual stuff you're doing in the game all right well i guess the primary the primary way to describe Catherine is it's a puzzle game um first and foremost but if you're also familiar to persona it very ha- very much has its own little uh, life mechanics that you've got to deal with uh specifically more like morality and stuff like that and it, uh it's all about Basically, relationship issues. It likes to describe itself as a romantic horror. Um, so when uh, Vincent goes through his his general life, and you know stuff like stuff happens, and you've got to make choices that will ultimately affect your morality and will swing into thirteen different possible endings. Mm. Um, and then when you go to sleep, you wake up in a nightmare, and you have to climb the tower before it collapses completely underneath you. Or you will die. And um, when you get to the top, you get a, you get a break, and you've got to do a couple stages at a time. But because there's a break in between each stage, each stage you can sort of just you know, pause it, and move on your way, and then whenever you stop again, do the next one. Yep. Um, and then as you climb the ladder and do those things, uh, you'll reach confessional boxes, which will ask you a morality question, like um, like uh, is marriage the end or the beginning of life, for example? And you've got to pick <laughs> one of those two. And it will affect your morality. And because there's 13 endings, like this, the replayability of this game's off the charts. If you really like the story, you're going to get, you know, even if you don't like the gameplay that much, but if you like the story, it'll probably keep you going for a mm. very long time. 
Because once you've learned the puzzle sections, you just you just breeze through them anyway. It's not a big deal. <laughs> so, how did you answer that question? Is marriage the beginning or the end of life? How um, how would you answer that? Beginning. Okay, yeah, I would too. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit sad saying it's the end of life. That means you probably shouldn't get married. <laughs> well, if if you look if you look at most um most of the answers because you do actually have like online answers like you do with Telltale games. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. It, it it very much leans towards the positive side of things because mm. most people on their first playthrough will lean towards the positive side of things because most people have that moral compass. Yeah. Um, but then you'll see like maybe a quarter of it or so will be like it's the end of life. Uh, and those those really dark sort of choices. Wow. Yeah. But that's mainly people looking for opposite endings. Yeah. So yeah, I could imagine because if you if you're playing through like anything like Fable, Infamous, or whatever, you never play through the evil timeline first. No, no, you don't try to anyway. Yeah, because you're just like, oh no, no, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to kill the kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, it's very much the same with this game. Uh, mm. And look, I'm, I'm looking forward to get through it and getting through it and uh, doing the other side of things and then seeing how many different endings I can sort of come up with before I'm done with it. Mm. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's relatively short and, you know, you don't have to sort of overstress too much about what path you take because every time you take a different path, you know, you're going to remember what options you've already picked and what how, how you've morally swung either way. Mm. Um, so you just go about it like that but yeah it's um it's definitely definitely pretty good so far uh a lot of explicit language if you're into that um and uh yeah i think i think i'll just take my time with it and keep it going as it is and uh i guess the reason i wanted to talk about it was uh support atlas please because i would really like the (laughs) sony games to come to this to the switch as well Mm. so that would be good and catherine fullbody is the best way to support that yeah, because surprisingly, we haven't seen too many Atlas games come to the Switch. No, especially after the support of the 3DS, which was quite strong. So, I think I think the biggest problem at the moment is that Scramble is still in Japan only, and I mean it will get a mm. Western date eventually. But their problem with Persona is that they always release it in Japan first. There's no yeah 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 ifs and yeah. or buts about it, and the Western version always comes out over a year later. And it's kind of annoying, but more to the point, we need to be able to support it to the point where they go, is this worth porting to Switch? And then they go, yes. So, you know, supporting Catherine, supporting Scramble when they come out are both very important things. If you would like to see the mainline series come to the console, um, you know, now that Persona 4 Golden is finally off its mark and on PC as well, that's that's a good indicator that these things can happen from now on. So, um, yeah, got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, so on uh, Metacritic at the moment, Catherine, the full body edition on the Nintendo Switch is sitting at 82 on Metacritic. And just scrolling down, uh, looking at a name I recognize, Nintendo Enthusiast, who we often pull news stories from, including uh, a couple this week, actually. Um, so their summary of the game is, well, they've given it a 90, and they say not only do they add an already great experience, but they make the game feel fresh. Uh, Rin's introduction to the storyline added a whole new dimension to the already twisted love triangle, uh, while Remix Mode did the same for the puzzles. It's a little disappointing, however, that Catherine Full Body didn't quite solve the issues it takes on its transgender people uh, created in the original. Uh, That said, if you haven't played Catherine before, uh, now it's a great chance to jump on the train. See, I've heard this argument before, but I don't know exactly what that's supposed to mean. Mm, yeah, and so obviously I'll, not playing the 
I haven't played the game for, so I got no idea what this transgender issue is. I've mm. I've heard a lot of people crack on about it and like complain about it, and that they were upset that they didn't solve something. And I'm not sure what that is, but there are also a lot of people that are just like, it's not that bad. Like, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I will yeah. have to determine the situation myself when it gets to it. But if it's like a silly joke, like the main protagonist is surprised and doesn't like the fact somebody is, identifies as a female and has a penis or something, you know, or, you know, it's just in general, like, ah, <laughs> then, you know, I, I don't think it'd be too much of a big deal. But if it's like, oh my God, I hate transgendered people, then that's a different story. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely. Know what I mean? It's pretty blatantly obvious. It's pretty blatantly obvious. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll see when I get to it. Uh, I, I'm not sure what the comments are about. I only see them from some places too. So, yeah. I mean, like when it comes to games media, there's some outlets that are very um, spoken on these hot, absolutely <laughs> hot, yeah. bot, hot button uh, issues, which uh, you know is good and bad in different situations. Mm. Um, it's important that transgender people get the light um, shined on them, absolutely, in, in, a, in a good context. Yeah. So if this game um, does handle it in an ordinary way, then this is a very good um, bit of criticism. And it was a game from almost 10 years ago too. So the way just, um, you know, different types of people were talked about was completely different to what it is now. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. You'll, you'll have to tell us more about that issue um, once it, once once it comes up. Yeah, once yeah. you get to it. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, as far as stuff I've been playing this week, I haven't been playing much, been working all the time. But I did um, one night stay up way too late playing Smash Bros., um, I played it on my normal Switch and I hadn't had the DLC downloaded for some reason and I couldn't get it to download. It was a bit of a... I don't, I don't know what was happening with it. So I was just playing um, a lot of Byleth. Really, I actually love Byleth. I think um, Byleth probably is my favourite new DLC character introduced in the game. Just really enjoy it. Just uh, being able to use um, like the up B so, um, to grab them with the, I guess, the whip. Mm-hmm. Like just pull them down and like do media smashes and that. Just so much fun. Yeah, in the, the yeah. down B with the axe and bang, um, so yeah, just uh, really, really enjoying Smash Bros at the moment. Yeah, um, that's good. It's just, it's just my come home and chill game because the idea was to come home and play The Last of Us Part Two again. I, I've only, I'm only like eleven hours in or something. Um, in the last few days, I haven't been able to touch it since probably uh, sometime last week now. Um, but I came home about ten o'clock. I'm like, you know what? Too late to start that type of thing. So I just played Smash Bros and put some music on my computer and put on my headphones and enjoyed myself that way. So it's just a bit of a relaxed moment. Nothing too interesting to talk about, but yeah. yeah that's all right then. Enjoying my Nintendo Switch. <laughs> that's what you want to do. <laughs> Absolutely. So Bryce, I think that that does it for what we've been playing. So let's move into, um, I guess, the serious portion of the show. This is going to be one of the most... Very serious. Yeah, yeah this could be one of the most serious things. Well, actually, I'm going to rephrase that. This is definitely the most serious thing we've ever talked about on this podcast. Yeah. And it's something that's uh, directly in, uh, affected the, uh, I guess, Nintendo community as a whole, mainly the Super Smash Bros. community. Yep. Um, but this, these are the top players in Super Smash um, that have had multiple allegations against separate players in the community. And I guess uh, to start off, we're going to go through and sort of share um, what is basic knowledge on the internet with you guys. And we're going to discuss through it. Yep. And see how it is. Um, Bryce, I know you've done a, you know, a fair bit more research than I have into it. I've uh, brushed up the best I can. Yep. But um, I'll leave it to you, my friend, and we'll, we'll go through it. 
All right, so we're just going one by one. I guess, yeah, and we'll discuss it as we go. Yeah. You just want me to read the dot points on these? If you like, if you like, however you want to handle it. Okay, so uh, this is coming from thegamer.com. They've sort of summarized everything in small, short shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like if anything else needs to be clarified, then I'll go ahead and say it because I've read pretty much every twit longer and all that shit that's come up out of this. So I'll sort of go as it goes. Um, so the fir- one of the... Um, one of the first a- allegations on this list, it was uh, about Nero. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nero was one of the best players in Smash. Uh, Smash players from Brawl, Smash 4, and Smash Ultimate. Uh, he was involved with a player named Captain Zack. Captain Zack has been involved in a relationship while underage with another player named Ali, who was 28 at the time. When Zack was 15, he performed sexual acts on Nero, uh, on Nero, who was 20 at the time. The story took place during a tournament, CEO Dreamland, after these acts were performed... Nero and his brother sent him payments so that Zack would keep quiet about what happened between them. After Captain Zack's tweet longer, Nero's response was to delete his Twitter before releasing a statement. Nero has been since removed from his team, NRG Esports. Mm. So um, <clears throat> something that sort of isn't addressed in this and not that it, you know, it makes it any lighter or whatever, uh, but Captain Zack was also talking about this to people on Discord and sort of... You know, going, ah, you know, he went on and bragged a bit about it in his naivety, thinking that this was perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, Obviously, it is not, and it is against the law, and what he did as a kid was probably influenced by his uh, admiration of Nero, um, and they had got into some sort of a sexual relationship. The absolute... Worst thing about this thing, I think, is that Nero and his brother were paying Zach off to keep him quiet about this. Mm. Um, this seems to be a common trend. Maybe not so much the paying off, but maybe threats and stuff down the line as well that happens with a lot of these people uh, in this conversation. Um, most people will know Nero by name. Um, since then, he's jumped off social media and he's not. Yeah, he's not participating. And I think most people have come down to the point that, you know, he, he's obviously done it. And I think that um, Nero as well, I'm not sure if he actually said in his statement that he was guilty of it, but, I mean, all the signs point to yes. Zach's got all the all the chatter that he had between him and his friends about it and all that stuff. And I think, you know, to a degree that um, what they had started together may have been you know, coerced a little bit. I don't know whether it was a mutual thing or whatever it may be, but at the end of the day, Nero should have known better. He was 20 years old. Uh, that was illegal. And obviously making those decisions in your teenagehood uh, can come back to bite you in the future mm. very harshly, uh, mentally and whatever that may be. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. So just, just, I guess before we move on, I think like a lot of this, how a lot of this came along is just that, you know, Super Smash Brothers. This brings in a diverse group of people, like all the way from kids to adults like ourselves, and even older and beyond. And it's not policed. And, and it's, yeah, it's not policed at all. And when you mix in like parties with alcohol and get like fifteen-year-old kids and just adults, just all together, um, it's just sort of, I guess, it's a, just a, a mixture for disaster. Yeah. At the end of it. And as we've seen from how many victims and cases are a part of this from a, like just the same group of people, um, it, it just shows you. 
I can't remember who it was, but there was a commentator. I watched his video on YouTube and he basically said that, you know, the problem is, is that it's not policed. These no. events, they're not, they're not, you know, there's no verification for an adult or whatever it may be. Mm. Or, you know, people want to have hotel parties and then they let the younger, the underage kids in while they've got alcohol there. Why can't they go to a bar or something like that? Yeah, yeah. It, it's just all of a sudden, like, it, it's blown up and one of the major incidents incidents was Sky's house um, but I will sort of touch upon that later because yeah. it's obviously a whole thing um, so we'll move on we'll try to get through these as quickly as possible yeah, um, okay. uh, D1 D1 has been commentating on various Smash games for a long time KT Dominate accused D1 of raping her in 2016 according to KT Dominate both attended a party at, a t- at the tournament smashed the record 2016 both parties got intoxicated and D1 invited Dominate to go with him. The next thing she remembers is having sex with D1, followed by throwing up and feeling very sick. D1 bragged to people that they had sex and told people that she was disgusting and vomited all over him. So mm. I'm not sure how much has actually been commented about this one, whether there's actually been a statement put out by D1 or um, KT Dominate. She just says that she just remembers having sex and then throwing up which right. can mean that, you know, she was intoxicated or she may have been drugged or, you know, whatever that may be, which is, you know, despicable in the least. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is probably one of the ones I haven't heard as much about. Um, but judging by the silence and not much coming out about it, I believe there's probably some truth to it. And a lot of people have obviously heard that he's ha- he's had sex with her and that she was disgusting and threw up or whatever. But, you know, um, again, an- another case. That was four years ago. There's another case of it went on for far too long. Mm-hmm. Um, it says that this is the only allegation that D1 has. has uh, this isn't the only allegation that D1 hasn't been mentioned in. D1 has been accused by someone named Day of making unwanted advances and sleeping naked in the same bed as her. D1 has released a statement about KT Dominate, but has not addressed. Okay, so he actually did end up saying something about KT Dominate. Uh, but has not addressed the other allegations. Um, now, the next one on the list is a huge one, and it's absolutely terrible, and I'll explain why. Um, Keitaro. Keitaro is another commentator in the Smash Brothers scene. A burner account outed that Keitaro had sex with a minor by the tag of Shiva. In response, Shiva admitted the incident did occur. Keitaro responded with more details about how he invited her to a party at Sky Williams' house, they played a drinking game involving Smash where the loser had to take shots. Shiva ended up taking four shots. Things escalated from there, all of which Keitaro did not stop. And I don't think this outlines it well enough, but what he had done is he's, he had claimed that he said, oh, no, you don't have to drink because you're underage. And she was, I think, 14, turning 15 at the time, mm. like on the on the bridge. Um, and his his entire statement was pretty much victim-blaming. Yeah, so I think like I um, I read through it as well, and he he said multiple times like I'm not trying to shift the blame, but this is my side of the story. Yeah, and just uh, boiling it down, he basically said she had four shots, she got intoxicated, she hit on him, and he didn't stop it. Then you know they they had intercourse or whatever. Yeah, um, and it's kind of like it doesn't if you're 32 and you're yeah with that's a, the other with, thing with, with, with a 15 year old girl. Yeah, it doesn't matter if she's had. A glass of cordial, or she's had twenty shots in one minute. Doesn't matter. Mm. You're thirty-two years old. You're the yeah. adult. Yeah. 
And the reason he's and the way he's victim blaming her is like, oh, she was rubbing up on me, and it's like, oh, it's not sexual yet, it's not sexual yet, it's not going to happen. And then he had a really vulgar comment, and I'm not going to say here because it was absolutely shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was the most victim blaming thing I'd ever heard in my life, and he could have stopped at any time, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just straight out said, "You're fucking disgusting." Yep. Go away. You should be going and taking yourself to the cops. Mm. And should have. I was dumbfounded by how stupid Kataro was about this entire situation. And he was stupid to the point where the, even when he confessed that it happened, he still tried to blame the victim. And at the end of the day, she was 14 turning 15. She was double her age, over double her age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's absolutely shocking. I mean, like... He shouldn't have said anything. He should have said, if he, if he was going to, he pretty much admitted it, but if he was going to just admit it, he should just say, yeah, I'm in the wrong. <laughs> there's no, there's there's no defending that. No. No. Um, we've got one here by Mr. Wizard, and it says, uh, while Mr. Wizard, uh, Mr. Wizard isn't involved with the Smash community directly, he's one of the top people of famous fighting game tournaments, Evo. Uh, Mr. Wizard get engaged in some hazing behavior with kids between the ages of 12 and 16 in exchange for tokens. Kids would have to engage in bets like jumping into pools for 10 minutes or uh, in their in just their underwear. Twitter user CrackPron uh, posted a story about how when he was 17, he made a bet with Mr. Wizard about the size of his penis. Mr. Wizard added the stipulation that he had to see it in person, which he did before paying CrackPron $20. Since then, these allegations have come out. Evo has placed Mr. Wizard on administrative leave while third party investigates Mr. Wizard. So that's that's not even a Smash player at this point. That's the top person at Evo. And that's bad enough. You know, um, Evo obviously has a huge Smash crowd as it is, and he oversees some of that because he's part of the council. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, but because I don't really know that much about him, I can't really commentate. I haven't been following his... His shit because yeah. I can't say I've heard of Mr. Wizard. No, most of the yeah. people I've been listening about have been the people that have been involved in Sky's house in some way. But again, I'll talk about that shortly. Uh Sinpai. This is the one that really blew everything out. Yeah, this is yeah. This is this is fucking awful. Especially when you look at the victim's face at the time, like how young he looked. Oh, yeah. It was absolutely because there was footage of um, like people playing the game, like the face cam. She's in the background. And him. she's in the background. And just in public, how handsy she is with a little boy. Yeah. Who isn't um, his mother. No. Yeah. It's just beyond weird. And at some point, she even points to the camera saying, you got to stop what you're doing because there's cameras here. Yeah. And it's just like, ooh. Mm. Yeah, so... Yeah, read, read about this one. Uh, Sinpai is a commentator for Smash Bros. Ultimate who recently commentated top eight at last year's Evo. The allegations come from a player by the name of Puppe. These allegations took place during the summer that Puppe was 14 and Sinpai was 24. In Puppe's Twitlonger, he said that uh, Sinpai performed oral sex on him but also told him to delete their Facebook messages frequently. Predator. <laughs> Uh, Sinpai has not responded to the allegations and eagle-eyed Redditor found clips of a tournament of Sinpai being very touchy with Puppy. And, um, you know, the, the tweet longer that Puppy put out, it makes mention that um, they would often share the same car riding to tournaments and stuff like that. And that he would often find himself after... Because the initial incident was that she was very drunk 
and something happened in Smash and him being a hyper little kid was like, oh my God. And then like ran down the hallway screaming and shit like that. And she chased after him and tackled him and pashed him on the floor of Mm. a hotel hallway. And then after that, apparently he spent a lot of times uh, sleeping in bed with her, like during these tournament tournament outings and stuff like that, whether it was like non-sexual or whatever it may be. And that as a 14-year-old kid, he was really fragile about the fact that she was often playing Smash with her boyfriend and being, you know, very obviously lovey-dovey with her boyfriend and everything despite all this happening. And then sort of just leading him on this constant trail of absolute craziness. And as a 14-year-old kid, that would drive your psyche absolutely mental. Mm. Um, You know, because you think that this person loves you, but... You know they treat you like that, and it that in in a in a fourteen year old's mind, you wouldn't think. I I couldn't even imagine when I was fourteen if there was a twenty four year old who I liked just dragging me around. Um, yeah, dragging him around yeah, Evo, leading me leading me on when she has no intention. She's just like just using you for whatever it, it is she wants from it. Um, yeah, just absolutely disgusting. And there was clips mm. of her doing it. And you can see it, and yep. it's it's awful. Because like it, sort of in my head when I was like, oh, because even now at twenty six, I'm like, oh, you know, I was fourteen in high school, and high school wasn't that long ago, like surely. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, oh, but then when you actually see like footage of um, himself at fourteen, it's like wow, he looks like a kid, a yeah. baby, and yeah. fourteen year olds are look, like look if I look like at, a ten year old. Yeah, if I look at a picture of myself when I was fourteen. Yeah, I'd be like, I look like a probably an infant. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, how how a fully grown woman can do this? It's just it's scary. Exactly. It's scary. Um, let, let's move on. Um, this one is a big one that got deleted very, 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 very quickly. Mm. Um, for reasons I would assume that a lot of people made it sound like he was bragging about it. Mm. Um, that's just from the comments that I had seen. Um, but he had deleted the tweet longer, removed the post completely and shoveled on. Um, but this is Anti. Anti has been accused of having sex with a minor. The anonymous accusation came from someone who was 15 at the time, but Anti told her to tell everybody she was 17 and was about to turn 18. She would drink and hang out with Anti and his friends and had sex with Anti D1 Keitaro and another player who goes by the moon. Looking back... On, these, on those situations, she doesn't know if she could have consented to these acts. Auntie has come out with a statement with a different story. His story claims a person lied to him about her age. They did hook up, but that Auntie was under the impression that she was of legal age the entire time. Auntie also tweeted that his team, T1, has dropped him from the roster and that he will be stepping back from the Smash Bros. community, which, uh, yeah, that's a good move, but also, please show yourself to the police. <laughs> mm. There is no way there is no way he didn't know. And I think just looking at the Sinpai Puppe thing, that should have been more than enough evidence that that's quite an abstract difference in age. So sorry, how old was the the girl? Uh she was 15 at the time. Right. Uh told uh, was was told to tell everybody that she was very turn very much turning 18. Okay. So, but even a couple years makes a lot of difference. Mm, absolutely, and we yeah. all we all see that, and especially since like 
uh, when you think about how much you go from being 13 to 18 and how much you change all the way up until that point, mm. you know. And I think a lot of people knew it and uh, it was just ignored by a lot of the people who, and again, you know, there's there's people in there that were like, that had sexual relationships with her, like, again, the former Keitaro and all that stuff and um, other otherwise. Uh, but Auntie's been the main propagator of this one because yeah. he was the instigator. I mean, I'm I'm not defending anyone, but I am just saying from uh, just my point of view. I, I this is gonna sound so silly, but I remember watching X Factor once, and there was this uh, girl on there, and I'm like, oh, surely she's she looks she's twenty. Like I was absolutely sure she was twenty. And then it comes up with like the banner saying like the name and age, and she was thirteen. And I was like, wow, I could not believe it. That like she just looks so much older than she is, just because she was done up for TV, had lipstick on, like whatever, mm. and it was just crazy. So there is like a bit of me that maybe thinks like mm, maybe. Uh, obviously, I've no idea what this girl looks like, so no idea. Mm. But there might have been a situation where a couple of beers in or whatever. So oh well, I don't know. If, you're saying you're 18. I guess you're 18. It could have been believable, but. Regardless, you need to. By the you need to it, know. Well, by the sounds of it, she told them that she was not eighteen. She was indeed fifteen, mm-hmm. and he and he had told her to tell people that she was seventeen, right. turning eighteen. Yeah, like. Um, okay. And I think I think that's the big thing is that he made her lie about her age, and okay, so he made her yeah, say that he made right. her lie about her age, and mm. it's come around, and you know she said that she's had sexual acts with these other people as well who we've already talked about, you know, they've already, mm. they've already been accused of their own things as it is. Um, okay. Absolutely not then. Yeah. But you do know where I'm coming from though. I'm not, yes, trying, yes, to, yes, I'm not yes, trying to no. defend any predators or anything. No, but. and I absolutely get it. And mm. like, that's been a part of these allegations as well to a degree. Like some, some people have uh, suggested that they have been told that the person was 18 at the time, but they were definitely not 18. And whether that is to be believed is based on evidence and not just word of mouth. Mm. Um, in these situations, I think it's very important to be mindful of the victim first, mm-hmm. first absolutely. and foremost, and yeah. then, you know, whatever comes second. And that's absolutely important. Um, the big one that really rocked everyone and the last one we're going to be talking talking about on this, uh, this list of people was uh, Zero, and if you know Zero, he was the person that won the Smash 4 Invitational yeah. at E3. So Zero was is the one that I follow yes. the most. Me too. I'm subscribed to him on YouTube. I check out his videos every now and again. I don't check him out that much, but he's also, like, his YouTube channel is huge. He's at, like, one point something million subscribers. Yeah. Like, it's just massive. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he, he was a boy from Chile who moved over to the States and mm. started playing in Smash Bros. community. and Yeah, made a living out of living content out creation of and Smash, which is... Absolutely. And dream, dream, yeah. I think I think a lot of people were on the fence about Zero to begin with um, because of um, how some how certain things were handled uh, by... There, there was one victim that made herself sound really cocky about the situation, kind of just wanted to get him in trouble. Yeah, so, um, yeah there was one that's like, oh... Yeah, I'm not sure if I believe that sort of thing yeah, because she only had one statement against him and even then she said something like, oh, and my job is done here or something, something that sounded really cocky yeah. and people were just like, mm. And his rebuttal had more evidence than she did. Far more evidence, yeah. yeah. But then there was a second one which was like, ooh. There was a second one which he, which he openly admitted to but he took way too long to get to the point which upset 
literally everybody. Right. But anyway, um, Zero was the best player in Super Smash Bros. for Wii U and the top Smash content creator on, on YouTube. An artist named Jisoo came out and accused him of showing her hentai when she was underage. And the, the story about this more or less was that it was not in person and people tried to disprove this uh, pretty quickly. Uh, this is the person I was talking about that seemed about, a bit smug about things. But from what I understand, um, a lot of people directed it towards a Discord that he's in and it has a not safe for work channel. And I guess maybe he tagged her or something in it. And yeah. it's it's really hard to follow this one because mm. there's always new shit coming out about it. But yeah. to be honest, it's like so minor in comparison to everything else that's a- happened. Apparently they also, the house they all communally live in, there's a, I guess a big um, screen with like the one computer. Yeah. And sometimes they might've joked around and put certain things up on that screen. Mm. Yeah. And not directly showing her, but it might've been joking around with the rest. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. whether that's okay, that's a different conversation. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, an artist named Jisoo came out and accused him of showing her hentai when she was underage. A second story from someone named Katie came out about how Zero attempted to sext her when she was only a 14, when she was only 14 years old. Zero's first response was to deny the allegations, but as more stories came out about him, he told the truth about what happened. He also brought up a third story about how he was sexting another underage girl. He self-banned himself from all future Smash tournaments and announced that he will be taking a break from content creating. Tempo Storm also announced they have dropped Zero from the team and offered professional help to the victims of Zero, as well as finding counselling for Zero. Mm. See, this is this is this one hits home for a lot of people. This one hits home a lot for me because I. I was watching, like I watched his videos and there was only recently I was watching one of basically um, the racism he faced through um, um, US um, airports and that, like coming into the country, leaving the country and just like the racism he faces from uh, all of that. And it just hit home, like, you know, that sucks, obviously. And it doesn't take away from that. I don't feel like, you know, racism is bad. Terrible. Awful. So just absolutely dog shit for anyone has to put up with it just because of what they look like or where they come from. But, you know, I did have that, I guess, connection to him as a um, online personality and as someone in the Smash Bros community and um, hearing this uh, just uh, rips my heart in two. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like um, the way, it, the way it was made to seem throughout the allegations is that he was, he was told that she was older than him. That she had said, oh, I'm actually older than you at some point. I, I don't know whether that was totally debunked or whatever it may be. She had screenshots and stuff to go along with that as well. Uh, but with that one, um, you know, after, after the first time he tried to get past it, but the third time he's just like, all right, no. So just, just educate me. Um, was he aware of their age when he was te- um, texting them? Was he... Um, was he told that they were older than uh, they were? or Well, the second and third girl, from what I understand, the first one he didn't know uh, initially. And then the, th- the third one, yeah, he knew. But um, I think, and this is, this is all going to come sort of like full circle in a second, but mm-hmm. what, what he did overall... Um, Regardless of whether he had an excuse for it or whatever, um, there really needs to be some sort of. And I, I'm I'm glad that you know Tempo Storm are going to go and help uh, go ahead and help offer 
counseling for the victims and counseling for him as well. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, um, you can help the victims all you want, but if you leave the perpetrator out there doing these things, even if they've been caught once, there's nothing to say that it won't go back and happen again. Yeah. And I think that's the most logical response is to deal with it in that manner. Um, so, you know what, uh, kudos to Tempo Storm for doing that. Um, I think that's absolutely brilliant. Um, and hopefully that something can be, something could be sort of done for zero, I guess, just, just as somebody who's personally been a fan of his content, um, as much as I don't want to support him anymore after doing these things. Um, I don't believe that at heart he was a terrible person. No, I don't think he was either. No. No. I just think that what he had done was based on some really stupid brash decisions on his own head and he became a, he definitely became a predator of his own volition and that's terrible. Um, but uh, to, see, to see a person who doesn't seem like that much of a bad guy go and face this and then come out as this... Um, is a little a little sad, I guess. It just it just shows very, that very the, nice, sad, yeah. the nicest people can be can can make the worst choices. Mm. And um, I would like to see him get help and hopefully move forward. Um, I would like to see punishment for all these players in some respect. Um, zero. Uh, some of them have already self punished themselves, but I don't believe that's enough. And I think a lot of them need to, you know, really need to. Well, just think about it from, say, Zero's perspective. He's going to lose subscribers. He's going to lose sponsorships. He's going to lose a fair bit from this, like, re- regardless. Um, so it's just up to people how they handle or how they view it, I guess. But he's definitely already made his money, and I think that's the mm. problem, is that even if he was to lose everything now, he's probably worth a couple million dollars, and in the end, it, it won't really it won't really hurt him that bad if he just plays it safe and... Um, you know, manages his money correctly and does things correctly. And I, that's why I don't think that's sort of like enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, even uh, what was his name? Uh, Philip from IGN um, who plagiarized. Like obviously plagiarizing is a really bad thing in the writing community, but it's nowhere near as bad as a sexual allega- allegation. Um, but even he wasn't able to re- like rebound on his YouTube channel when he went back to it after leaving IGN. Yeah. So yeah. obviously he wouldn't have had a as big an audience as Zero or any of these guys, I dare say. But um, I think they're going to find it tough. But let's uh, let's move on to the the next um, bit, Bryce, with the I guess the Sky House. Yeah, this is the wrap up um, yeah. because everything sort of comes together with this place. And um, if anybody has followed followed Sky Williams for the time that I have, they'd probably already know about a lot of this situation. I, I actually haven't. Yeah. So. So Sky Sky Williams, to be blunt and frank about the whole entire thing, is somebody who has been uh, involved in the league community prominently for many years and has gained a following off of off of League of Legends. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also though involved in the Smash community very heavily, and it was very often that he was trying to help people uh, sort of achieve their dreams, I guess, by renting a nice big place and having a lot of people. Bored with him, I guess, mm. uh, whether it be 
And it's pretty common for esports players to do this, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, they usually have houses of their own where they can do, and they they're like limited to distractions and all that stuff. And um, Sky put out the offer to a lot of people where it was just like, well, if you're a content creator, budding content creator, come live here. It's the best place to live for content creation and all that stuff. Um, and then smash competitors and stuff like that. And they're like, you know, come here as long as you pay rent and do your things. Um, and uh, even people that were just going to school. You know, uh, in where was it? I can't remember. I don't know. Talk about it. Anyway. Going to school. <laughs> Going to school. You know, university, whatever it may be. Not underage. College. You know, college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, a lot of people that have followed that situation for many years have known that in the Sky House, it has been very, very a very touchy scenario. Sky has had a lot of fights with people that are living in that house and um, had us had trouble with people stealing things and stuff like that. And when it comes to these situations, a lot of these things are instigated around Sky's house. Mm. Um, even if it wasn't their initial instigation, these things kind of carried on there um, in different scenarios. So whether it be sexual acts or whatever and stuff like that. And when it came out about Kataro, everybody sort of aimed the aim their shots at Sky saying, why did you not know about this? And why did you not kick him out? Why have you kept this hidden? And, you know, he was sort of like, when you've got a house party of 50 to 100 people going, it's really hard to keep tabs on everyone. And I'm the only people keeping tabs on everyone. We have a constant problem with people stealing things in our house and stuff like that. Um, and it, it it was honestly off my, off my brain. I did not know what happened. Um, and that's that. Um, but until today, I think it was, um, nobody's really ever talked about the true nature of what it was like to live in that house, apart from the simple fact of like, they were sharing a lot of stuff and, um, a lot of these people all had sort of similar desires coming out of the house and stuff like that or whatever. Um, but something was actually released today, um, because uh, a, somebody who lived there before um, was sort of trying to make clear of how that that house operates uh, because there's a lot of confusion because it's just Sky defending himself. Um, and to be honest, Sky's not innocent either, as we've all found out because of all this shit, and it's about to go really downhill from him. He did a Twitch stream uh, earlier today, which I have not seen, um, sort of discussing all this stuff. Uh, but I'm going to go back and watch it just so I can find out what he said. And I know a lot of people haven't been um, because... Uh, God damn it. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate iPhones, Drew. Why do you do this to me? Give it here. Yeah. My phone, my phone's locked on him. His phone's flat. He's using my phone. Yeah. Um, there you go, buddy. Thanks, mate. <laughs> um, and I guess people just wanted more context on how things are actually being run in the house because there's a lot of things like, oh, you know, Sky's house is great or Sky's house is fucking terrible or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and uh, somebody just – I'm just going to read some points from this because it's actually quite a long thing. Um, this person, I don't believe actually says who their name is, but it says here, quick intro. I lived at the Sky House from 2014 to 2018. I moved to the LA area in order to be closer to the company. Yeah. So, um, the company I dreamed to work for. So it was LA. 
Uh, LA, especially Santa Monica, was way too expensive for a new contract artist like myself. So when I saw that people were living in Sky's house for cheap, I immediately took the opportunity. Even though I was at the house for a long time, I was a one, unaware of a lot, but not all of the stuff that happened in there. For the vast majority of the time, I either rented out my own room or I worked at a, uh, worked at a desk with a large cardboard divider in front of it for privacy purposes, working on NDA safe space for secret mental breakdowns, keeping me focused. I only really remember taking it down when traffic was low or I needed a breath of fresh air. I communicated mostly through the house chat, explain later. Um, I left the house in June 2018 because I felt like it was time to move on. The state of the house had finally started taking mental, uh, mental physical toll on me. As for my personal experience, it's hard to say. I'm used to living in weird conditions. People who have lived or visited there know that I just sort of do my own thing, unfazed by any hardships. And then it goes on to talk about um, the houses that they actually had because uh, this has been a thing that's been going on for about a decade and mm. it's been about six different houses that oh. they've all collectively lived in. Okay. Um, so the definition of Sky House is more of like an idea than it is an actual place. Right. Um, so... Uh, it says here, the rules, there were two main rules that I remember Sky enforcing regularly. Do not in any circumstance wake him up and you must notify Sky about any guests that intend to visit. Um, and it said, these th- these rules became a thing no later than in House B. If you didn't follow the rules, there could be punishments depending on his mood. For ex- in, uh, for ex- in this example, he threatened to break something of value in every room unless he was paid $350 in cash. Right. And I don't know whether that was for rent or something like that. I'm not sure, but I'd actually read that. And yes, he did. He threatened everyone. He said, don't bother hiding your valuables because I'll find them and I'll break them. If you don't each give me $350 in cash. Um, there was a social hierarchy um, in the house. He said, as the owner of the household, Sky was, of course, the leader, the one who held the most power. Um, if a unanimous decision occurred and then last minute Sky had an impulsive change in heart to do the opposite, he went with it. Um, conversely, conversely, the lowest tier of housemates not only had little to no say unless it was convenient, but it was also uh, it also wasn't uncommon for their entire existence to be ignored. It felt subhuman. There was no established written form of hierarchy, but essentially Sky had favourites and those favourites had much more to say on everything. So... That's probably also why a lot of people's stuff got hidden too. Mm. Um, uh, there was some people. Some people were living eight people in a single room at one time. Um, rent, I, did, I did see the footage of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rent was split depending on the size of the room, how many people ate normal stuff. But if Sky or a higher tier resident did not like you, then chances are we are you had to pay an additional fee. Um, communication. They had a Facebook house chat. Uh, Sky would occasionally host in-person meetings where most, if not all, residents were required to attend. These were usually called upon to talk about drama or other matters such as room situations. Um, And then secret group chats like hierarchies. There were certain chats for select housemates. As far as I know, most of these chats were temporary. Um, And then it sort of goes on to talk about the daily life in there, uh, like... For the most part, if someone were to wor- were to walk into the household at any point of the day, you would see at least two to three smash setups occupied and everyone else either in their rooms or on their computers. The only times people would get together aside from smash was for board games, movie viewings, rare, food runs common, smoking common, social gatherings with alcoholic beverages somewhat common and house meetings rare. 
I think this was... Ooh. Okay, it just reset. Anyway, yeah, I think that's all that really <laughs> needs to be said about that. So basically it was it was a place that had almost um, an established ring of higher-ups. Mm. And I would imagine that a lot of those established rings of higher-ups were the people that were doing better in whatever they were doing. And it was usually the Smash players or the um, league content creators that he had living with him at points or, you know, somebody that could bring them a bit more clout and sort of do that, I guess. Yeah, um, raise the overall brand up yeah. so they can get more people in. and Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, a lot of Sky's past and stuff like that has been a lot about uh, mental health and all that he's always preached problems about that he's very very much known as um you know a gay man who at the t- from what from before all this happened just wanted to look after people and that was his thing i guess outside of league even when he stopped really doing content creation for league he just he just brought off that persona but it just turns out that like all of that was bullshit and that Anything could have happened in that house, and if he wanted it ignored, it could be ignored. Mm. So, um, I think he had a Twitch stream today addressing all this stuff that's been written about it. And I want to go back and watch it so I can actually find out what he said. But it just turns out that whatever Sky's been saying during the years, despite despite his poor mental health, which he very very much clearly has, I don't think he was ever really faking that. Um, but <clears throat> he kind of had that to his own advantage. And a lot of people sympathized with him and sort of did all that. And now a lot of people are just completely disgusted with the way he's been handling things because quite obviously he had a very established ring of people that he wanted to go with. So, yeah, um, the way that all ties in, I guess, is a lot of these common occurrences with these sexual allegations, while not all of them started at Sky's house, most of them had some sort of continuation there because that was in LA and that's where a lot of tournaments and stuff are held. And yeah. Yeah. Just a super toxic environment, just Mm. setting them all up and just all for the worst. Mm. And like I said, like, I guess it comes back to the tournaments. Like they're just completely um, unregulated, whether they're small local things or it is Evo. Um, There's just no regulations for, um, after parties and after events and stuff like that because they are just organized by the players and that mm-hmm. um so it's just it's just uh real tough to hear and just uh i guess just before we uh move on to i guess our wrap-up of all of this i want to bring up mewtwo king as well he's another Absolutely, super yeah. super prominent um player in the super smash community and he was another one i was um um very well aware of and he was accused of basically um i guess uh, coming on people while they were asleep. And this was a few years ago now where he was um, accused of this. And I watched his video where he was super uncomfortable sort of admitting this. But basically when he was born, um, he was his circumcision was done incorrect. Yeah. So it actually made it very difficult for him to feel pleasure in his penis. Yeah. Um, and in the video, he was just like bright red. He just did not want to do it. He said multiple times, like, oh, i got to stop this. Like, he did not want to say it. And I guess you can think to yourself, like, oh, well, maybe he said this because to throw people off the case. 
Um, but he actually wrote a book back in 2018 where he does mention say, this. Where he does mention this. Yeah. So this isn't something he just made up to make an excuse, pretty much. No, that's right. Um, so this this is unfortunately a case of someone putting a, a few a false um, accusation out there, which is just an awful thing to do to someone. Um, let let alone what it does to the other people making um, accusations to towards other people. Yeah. Because it makes people like have to have to question them, have to be all right. Where's your evidence? Instead of just going, okay, I believe you. How can we help? Yeah. Um, and I think for the most part, a lot of people like ourselves are all right. You know, we we try to just go, all right. How can we help? But it's um, it just makes it harder. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? He, like you said, he was really uncomfortable the entire time he was talking about it. Mm. And he'd already, it's not like the information wasn't public before because he did actually put out a book about it. Yeah, yeah. So that's got mm. credibility to it. Um, and it's just judging by like every everything else that he's sort of got going on in his own mental health. And um, I think I think somebody mentioned that he had Asperger's and stuff like that as well. You know, so he finds social situations really difficult. Mm. Um, I think that he just didn't want to, he, he didn't want to have to comment on this and it absolutely dragged him down and he was super embarrassed about it. And um, these allegations had nothing else to them other than words. And so he responded with words, but at the same time pointed them towards the book that he wrote about, you know, all the stuff that he's gone through mentally and physically and just the issues that he's had. And he didn't want That's the reason he put it into a book is that he didn't want to speak about it because that was extremely embarrassing to him. But, you know, he wanted to, he wanted people to know his thoughts in some regard. Mm. And now that he's actually had to come out and just basically say all this stuff in front of a camera and. Yeah. Because he, he had people, he stopped streaming in, Oh, I want to say 2015. I can't remember the exact year, but basically people came in and teased him about it. Um, so it made him not want to stream anymore. Yeah. Um, which is just a dog shit thing to do. <laughs> like, yeah. If like, if, if you're a male and you know, you know, someone has had an unfortunate thing like that happen to them. Why would you tease them about it? Cause you could, could you imagine if that was your eye? Who's like, you know, your penis doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. yeah, ridiculous. Should be supporting each other and yeah. not shitting on each other. So what I sort of drew from this is like this: these are the top players in, in the Smash community. These are the people we look up to. This, these are the people Nintendo invites when they're in, like they come out with a brand new Smash Bros. And like, all right, who's going to represent this game? It is Zero. It is these guys. So I guess like a lot of people are like you know what can I do about this type of thing? And I say. Do what you can do at your own lo- local level. Yeah. Because when we went to Avcon f- for the first time um, to play Super Smash Bros, um, you and I, Bryce, even Nintendo Connection Tour in Adelaide, we were the kids. We were the kids that could have been treated like shit, that could have been taken advantage of. That's absolutely right, yeah. And growing up, we're now 26, and now we are the ones that can look out for the kids, for the women, for whoever could be taken advantage of. So I say, let's let's try and make the gaming community less shit. Let's look out for others. Let's not do any of this crap because, like, you know, it, 
it is it obviously hasn't just been Super Smash Bros. community. It's been people have come out from IGN, people have come out from all sorts of game studios and everything. We haven't touched on it on this show because it doesn't directly affect the Nintendo community. It's like it's just a you know, the the vast gaming community and there's too much to touch on. There's just too much to uh um go into detail on. But this is something that really um hits home for one of the most popular Nintendo games and one of the biggest communities in the Nintendo community in general. Super Smash Bros is the biggest uh, competitive game and it's the most watched, it's the most played and it just really sucks. Um there was one quote that I do want to sort of reiterate from the same person that I said, um, you know, the same person that said they aren't policing these events and that's what they really need to do or whatever. But he said, you know, a lot of people want to treat this as the end of Smash Bros, but it needs to not be and they need to not take it lying down in the context no. that they need to do something about this. If anything, it's a good day because these people have been outed and it gives us a reason to go ahead and rethink things and, you know, move on, start policing these events, uh, find people who really are there for the passion of the game and not the benefits that they're apparently reaping, Mm. you know. Um, And, yeah, you know, that's what needs to happen from now on. But if they just take it lying down, that's all that they're going to remember the Smash community for is the pedophilic allegations. Yeah, because, like, Super Smash Brothers... And Nintendo in general, but especially Super Smash Bros. Because that's the game that brings us together to play the game together. We're not playing Mario 64 and all that together. We're playing Smash Bros. together. Mm-hmm. So it's been one of the most um, positive things in my life. And if someone did something to me like this when I was a kid and took that away from me, I'll be heartbroken. Yeah. And this is what a lot of these people have done. Yeah. They've done it to underage kids or... Who, like who, whoever was affected. Like it's just absolutely disgusting. So let's let's take this as rebuilding the Smash Bros community, and maybe hopefully some of that even goes out to the vast game gamer community as it is. Yeah, absolutely. Let's rebuild it. Let's look out for one one another. Let's not just uh, take it lying down because I'm I for one am just sick of hearing about this type of shit going on. Oh yeah, yeah. Like in, no matter no matter where it's from, like the days of uh, logging on to stuff like Xbox Live and hearing you no know, racist remarks, stuff against women, stuff against transgender people, stuff against anyone who is just logging on to a game to have fun. Um, that needs to end, and I think that can start with you looking out for one another at uh, local events, whether it's parents. I think you need to go along with your kid to these types of things. Um, just to be there, know what they're up to. Mm-hmm. Don't let them go to house parties where there's alcohol involved. I think that's a that's a pretty obvious one as a parent, I would assume. But um, maybe not. Maybe the kid lied. Who knows? Like, who knows how they got themselves there? But, yeah. It's a difficult scenario. It is. Um, move forward. Be better. Like... These people have ruined the face of it for now, but it can be repaired. The game does not represent the people. The people mm. represent themselves. And, you know, they've made a name off the game, but it's just time to erase them from that. Yep. Move on. Find new people to support. Yeah. And like, I mean, here at the House Mario, we're only a small community, but at least you and I can start off just with the handful of people in the Discord, who talk to us on Twitter and that, we can at least start there. 
Absolutely. So just to anyone out there, you know, the doors are always open to the house Mario. Whether no matter who you are, as long as you're respectful to one another, you're always welcome here. And I hope uh, over the years we can grow a positive gaming community to just share our love for gaming and Nintendo. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's going to be a hard one to move on from. That is. Yeah. Should I play the news jingle now to move into the next thing? Or You, prob- you probably should. We, we should. we should leave it there. We've yeah. had our positive note. Yeah. Let's move on to some other gaming news, which is more positive and uh, a little bit more fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. So let's move on. So, Bryce, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, very exciting game. Um, yeah. Probably our most anticipated game just by default, I assume. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I know for you, definitely for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, looking forward to it. I've been meaning to get back into Breath of the Wild myself, but I can't even play current things, let alone go back. So. <laughs> <laughs> but over, over the weekend, um, uh, there was a, a podcast, a Nintendo podcast, um, and they had a Breath of the Wild two voice actors on and apparently they claimed that the voice acting work was done and that Breath of the Wild 2 was coming soon. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not sure about the coming soon part. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to go into that. Um, so the original story, so I'm going to read this from uh, my Nintendo news and the original story was the Spanish voice actors who voice characters uh, Rivel and Zelda have apparently claimed that their voice acting work on The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 has finished. The news emerged on a podcast that featured both... Uh, Mercel and oh, they're foreign names. You got to stop doing. Why do I run a Nintendo <laughs> podcast? If I can't read foreign names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna skip it. You know, I'm just gonna skip it. Uh, Nintendo haven't shown anything of the game since E3, but there's been an update, and this is from uh, the podcast, um, the podcast uh, official Twitter account. They actually put out a statement, and the statement reads. Uh, Good morning to all. This is a message directed at all media outlets, international or international, uh, that have recently reported on our interviews with the Spanish voice actors of Zelda and uh, Ruvel. We are surprised that we are surprised about the way that many media outlets have covered the interview, jumping to incorrect and out of context conclusions with no consideration of the persons impacted. We understand how the video game news media works and how the lack of news in recent months, uh, but we do not share. Uh, but we do not share this anything goes approach. Uh, both Marcel and uh, Neria. Uh, deserve the utmost respect both personally and professionally. So what it sounds like is a lot of media outlets sort of just maybe took a, a quote. Um, don't know what the quote was. Happens it to the podcast. Some assumptions. It's also in Spanish. So even if I go to listen to it, I won't understand it. Um, but yeah, it seems like, yeah, at least one outlet got hold of a quote, span it into a story and all of the other <laughs> media outlets just took it and ran with it. And um, yeah, the actual podcast themselves had to come out and say, "Oi, this is it's not the case." Um, so yeah, just anyone out there who reads that the voice acting work is finished, um, don't necessarily believe it. Um, and even if it was true, we know that, for example, there was a story back with Kingdom Hearts Three. The the voice actor of Goofy said, "Oh, um, the game is coming out this year," and that was in 2015. 
the game, in, in fact, did not come <laughs> out in 2015, even if his voice acting work was done. Because yeah. there's a lot more to a game than someone reading their lines. <laughs> I, I think I can believe. I think I can believe that they've said their voice acting work is done because I would imagine that uh, Ravali at least is probably not going to pay play the biggest part. And I would imagine if they were going to have Zelda's part in it, that Zelda probably would have had a lot more time to set up and finish. Um, so I could probably imagine that they probably did say, "Yeah, we finished with our voice acting work on Breath of the Wild 2. but I can't imagine them outright going out and saying yeah it's coming soon because that would just put their jobs in jeopardy yeah <laughs> so that like no no way in hell um for them to say uh the voice acting is done that that mean it could be done at any time you know that's not saying that it's going to happen soon there's no you know there's no guarantee that that's exactly what that means so if yeah. if that part is true then good that means that the game's coming coming along smoothly and that's what i like to hear but um, as for the part where it's, oh, it's coming soon, I had not heard that till now, but that would absolutely be bullshit um, <laughs> because it's definitely not coming out within the next couple months, ladies and gentlemen. It's either at least going to be the end of the year mm. or early 2020 sometime. Yeah. I think. I think that's probably... Uh, 2021, rather. Um, I think that's probably your best bet. Um, I don't think it's going to take any more than another year, uh, but it's definitely, definitely not coming out Soon. Yeah. If you were a betting man, would you bet early 2021 or holiday 2021? If you were a betting man. Probably holiday for the sales purposes. But at the same time, I also see, or I also, before coronavirus happened and delayed a whole bunch of shit, I also thought that this year holiday probably would have been the best time for Breath of the Wild 2 as well because the new console is coming out and sort of just shifting up everything and mm. doing what they need to do. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, I, I will um, sort of... I will sort of guess that it'd probably happen holiday just to keep things squeaky clean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I hope it I hope it does come out next year. I assume it will. Oh, uh, yeah. If it's not coming out this year, it'd have to come out next year. Yeah. Um, like I, I know that we haven't got a lot of Nintendo news and Origami Kings, like the last thing that we have for this year. Um, but mm. you know, I, I feel like there's going to be holes in the schedule somewhere that really need to be filled over the next couple of years, especially since Prime Four is now delayed until God knows when. <laughs> so, um, yeah. and Bayonetta Three, you know, they said work was coming along well on that as well. So that's another game popping up. But they, you know, you usually have these things in the back of the mind where. You're like, oh, that's that's going to have to fill a gaps in there somewhere among the things that they sort of just announce and come out like Origami King. Yeah. Um. So I think that will probably be... I, th- I think Breath of the Wild 2 and Bayonetta 3 will probably be the big titles for next year. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I think so. Yeah. Like, we're, we're obviously going to get at least something other than Origami King for the rest of the year. Oh, yeah. And I actually... I was thinking about it the other day and I actually put it up on Twitter like, you know, what would you like to see the rest of this year? And... What I said is I'd like to see Metroid Prime Trilogy come to Switch because they are some games that I would like to play and that's a pretty doable thing. I'm not asking for like this massive new game or anything, but that is personally something I'd like to see. So just out of curiosity, is there anything you would like really love to see this year to play on your Switch? Um, I think Metroid's probably a good start, uh, but I would like to see X ported. Yeah. Uh, because that game... Like that game had online functionality and everything that I never really got to experience because it was not the console itself was not handled well enough for it to be, 
you know, whatever. And I think X would fill a really good hole. Um, I know that Genshin Impact, um, which is like an anime Breath of the Wild clone, as most people know it, um, is also due either late this year or early next year. And that would be nice to see this year if Breath of the Wild 2 is not coming. Mm. But, I mean, that's also a game that can run on mobiles. Yeah. So I, I don't know I don't know what the expansiveness of it is actually going to be in comparison to Breath of the Wild. Yeah, because when you see gameplay, you're like, oh, it looks really it looks good. It's fucking really good. It's like, yeah. oh, it's a PS4 game and a Switch game that's fantastic and a, and a phone game. Mm. Yeah. How's that work? You can already get a sort of taste of it because they're the developers that made Honkai Impact 3rd. Which you'll see, like a uh, there's like a lot of anime YouTubers and stuff like that promote Honkai Impact Third, and that game is beautiful, and mm. you can absolutely see like that they can make stuff like that run on a mobile phone. They've obviously got their shit together and know how to make that work, um, but you know, with with phones the way they are, they are pretty advanced in technology, and I believe that they can pull something like that off these days. I just think it's more suitable for something like consoles. Mm. Um, but as primarily mobile developer, which they have been for a while. Um, you know, I, I think that mobile is their market and they have to stick with it in some regard, even if the game does run like trash on mobile. Can't 100% tell. Uh, the PC beta has been out and people have been playing that and they've said it's been pretty good. So hopefully that, that translates well and, you know, it moves moves a little bit forward and it would be nice to see it on Switch this year. That'd be really great. Um, yeah. If, if Breath of the Wild 2 is not out by now because I could really use... Some more of that open world goodness. Mm. Mm. It looked pretty cool too. Mm. Yeah. Not come under a lot of fire for copying Breath of the Wild. I yeah, say people, that in quotations. Was, there's people people like literally smashing their PS4s and stuff because of it. Yeah. It's like, all, all right. If that's, a, if that's how you uh, get your word out there, destroying your own property you paid for, Yeah, go, go right for ahead. it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe smash your $1,000 phone as well. Being like, you go the hire an uber to get home and it's oh <laughs> that's right i smashed my samsung whoops <laughs> <laughs> oh not my samsung fucking genshin impact yeah. how dare you yeah how dare you how dare you make a game that looks like a game i like oh i mean i don't understand why they didn't look at it as a good thing so it's another game that looks like a game i like i mean it's also coming out for switch so <laughs> Yes, that's it. <laughs> I know that I know they didn't announce that initially, and that it was mostly shown off on PS4 and the conventions that it was at. But yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> it's like you, yeah, you smash your phone, you switch in your PS4. You're like, oh god. Do you think a game like that is not going to see success, like on a on a Switch console after Breath of the Wild, and that you know they're going to be like, oh no, we're not going to put it on Switch as long as it's really as are. long as it's good. If it's good, it will get a lot of eyes and a lot of people talking about it. Oh, apparently, apparently it's. Pretty decent from what they've done because they've done the responsible thing and they've done betas for it and stuff like that. And most people seem yeah, cool. to have a pretty positive opinion oh, on that's it. That's good. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Awesome. So this is a bit of a troll story, Bryce. So Mario Kart Tour adds swimwear, Rosalina, and swimwear <laughs> Mario. And this is one of the most exciting things of the decade. Oh, um, yes. So we've, we've got a swimsuit, swimsuit Rosalina in a Mario Kart tour. And um, unfortunately for you thirsty people out there, it just looks like a pretty standard summer dress with a star sprites on it. So it's not too exciting. But if you are feeling especially thirsty and you haven't smashed your Samsung, um, <laughs> Fire Emblem Heroes has an update, uh, which is which is something. So I'm, I'm going to read it from uh, Nintendo Enthusiast. And 
Yeah, I'm going to read it from the Tenor Enthusiast. Uh, Fire Emblem Heroes has a new season beginning July 7th, and the official website details everything going on in patch 4.7.0 in the RS raids. Um, The audio auto-dispatch feature will be available to dispatch one raiding party, but instead of manually attacking another player, uh, players, um, players, Arthas uh, keep defense team, the raiding party will automatically battle a computer-generated team of opponents instead. Auto-battle dispatch uh, will be usable three times per season. Uh, this feature comes in addition to new weapon skills and weapons to define the other assorted changes. However, the only thing is the first the internet has noted about this update is how sexy everybody is looking, including Byleth and Rhea. <laughs> so it, it goes on just to show like um, artwork of all the characters. And yeah, that Byleth is, yeah, just uh, big boobs and a bra and yeah, just wearing a bikini. So. The, th- the thing is, is like... I, I love how they're reporting on this, but to be completely honest with you, um, every summer update for Fire Emblem Heroes has kind of been like that. And I think it is for the most most case in all gacha games uh, is they're all usually swimsuited and heavily fan service because it brings in a lot of cash. Mm. Um, and so I want to roll the sexy one. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I have hardly ever made an investment in heroes i've done most of it three free to play um except maybe the starter pack just to get the free black knight out of it and you know get a bit of orbs out of it and apart from that you know i'll, I'll roll on some things but i always forget the times that the summer ganches and stuff come around so i'm never really like mm. it's just so jarring seeing a nintendo franchise with official artwork that looks like this <laughs> Oh, they absolutely do. And I mean, Dragalina Lost has its own piece of the pie too. Yeah, yeah. It does that as well. And could you, could you imagine like a Switch Fire Emblem with this artwork? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, it's just like, whoa. I mean, does TMS count? TMS. Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Oh, yeah, that does count. Yeah, that yeah, is very much like that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of things in the game like I, that. I guess that's more the, like, that's obviously made by a team at Atlas, so... I guess that's that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I, I just, just I, I d- think at the end of the day, it's just weird. People are actually reporting on it when it's been happening the whole time. Realistically. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, I think it's just got more relevance now because three houses is out and it's, you know, got Byleth in it and everybody knows who Byleth is now because Byleth is in smash. How many, <laughs> how many more times do I have to say Byleth before an Byleth. article reports on us? Byleth. And gives us more clout. Byleth. Bryce says Byleth. Byleth. Drew also f- followed up with Byleth. Byleth. Yeah. Yeah, because you imagine everyone's like, oh, this is uh, Byleth adding it to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And it's just like, here is the, the suit where she is wearing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> here is the swimsuit option. Mm. Like how everybody's like, here's, here's Zero Suit Samus with the singlet option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, here's 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 shorts shock. Mm. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, uh, just for people that are like, oh, you know, it's just uh, objectifying females. They do objectify the males as well. So, oh, absolutely. It's even yeah. Steven. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no difference in the males either. Like, yeah. and they've been they've not been shy about that. A lot of like the this, I, I guess, anything that's sexually provocative, uh, in terms of 
swimwear, I guess, has been very much on the mouths multiple mm. times. Uh, it, it, yeah. Because it, it, it is a thing in like Japanese role-playing games when like the women are in nothing and the men are like in full armor. It's like, all right, that's a bit, a bit silly. It is, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, um, I think they've been, especially in, in recent times, they've been a lot more... Uh, equality about that yeah but a bit more aware of like what especially in, think of it yeah especially in terms of like anime in general like there's a lot of shows like uh uh god i can't remember their names there's there's one about volleyball and then there's yuri on ice as well and stuff like that where they do a lot of that sort of man servicey type right yeah type deal um and I, th- I think just the medium as a whole is has has grown in Japan, and they are sort of servicing both sides now because they realise that there are a lot of female anime fans out there with like a piece of that pie too. And oh, yeah. yeah, they do. <laughs> so, like, yeah, when you go to Avcon, it almost feels like there's more women there than men. Oh yeah, just yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah, mm. yeah. So. That's that, I guess. That's that. Yeah. <laughs> That's that. Swimsuit season for Nintendo's gaps, everybody. Welcome yep. to the welcome here, to the real here story. in Australia. It's very cold. You're not going to see me in a swimsuit anytime no. soon. <laughs> and uh, that's that's pretty much part. Of, uh, that's it. Apart for for the news, bros. My mouse falling off apparently. But um, Bandai Namco, their uh, um, their game uh, Drum and Fun uh, has sold over a million copies, which is really cool to see. Um, which I actually. Didn't expect that game to like sell so well, but it's really, really um, killing it. Mm. Um, that's a game where I just really wanted to buy the uh, drum accessory, but you could only get it from Japan. So getting it from PlayAsia was pretty expensive, like 130 bucks yeah. without shipping. Yeah. Um, and I was, like, I really love drumming and just rhythm in general. So I was like, I really wanted that. I ended up just getting the game just downloaded. Um, but it's a really cool game. It has uh, Pokemon DLC packs and that you can buy. Nintendo Music you can drum to. Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> $130 for a drum accessory. Yeah. Well, that was at launch. Maybe it went down in price. Haven't looked. No, uh, you'll find there'll probably be people that have scout the shit out of it. No, I, I'm sure there will be. Mm. There's always someone trying to uh, exploit something. Uh, look at the Animal Crossing switches. As much as they're trying to keep up with the demand, a bunch of people have had their shit refunded on them now too. No. Uh, like um, people that have pre-ordered them through Dick Smiths and shit. Um. Mm. They they'd uh, been given a options for refund. Right, they can't stock them. Yeah, they just go too quickly. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh well, let's uh, let's move on to Reggie's rec room, Bryce. Let's talk about something uh, a little bit more positive. Sure. So we've been talking about, um, I guess, Super Smash Brothers, and I guess a lot of the negative things that have come up in the last week. But Bryce and I have had a lifetime of just like awesome Smash Bros. experiences, um, whether it's traveling to play it or just playing it together. Absolutely. So, Bryce, let's just let's enjoy the rest of our pretty flat beer <laughs> <laughs> and uh, join Reggie in Reggie's rec room. Oh, yeah. Hi, Nintendo fans. <laughs> Reggie here. Hey, Reggie. Thank you for your never-ending support. You're welcome. For giving me a mushroom kingdom full of incredible memories that I will... You still need to pay rent on that, too. <laughs> <Ever>. <laughs> Serious, Reggie. For goodness sakes. Look, man, we give you a room. Okay? Yep. That room costs money. Okay? <laughs> and we really, we really, really, really want to keep giving it to you, but the money. Yep. Where is the money? 
It's just a gold coin donation at the front of the house. That's all we <laughs> ask. And you keep going to the Bunnings and spending that gold coin on a sausage. <laughs> oh, dear. Come on, Reggie. <laughs> so, Bryce, Super Smash Brothers. Uh, I guess it, you know, it all started with Super Smash Bros. on Nintendo 64. So... We never actually played the 64 one together as far as I can remember. At least not when it was like the relevant thing. Mm. Did we? Maybe a couple times. A couple of times? Yeah, I played a lot of that game because I have it. <laughs> so. mm. I guess so. my experience with Smash 64 is my, my friends had it. Because um, I didn't go to your place a lot when I was... How old would I have been? I would have been like eight or nine when I was going to Adam and Jordan's. So I wasn't going to your house at this time. Um, we weren't quite... Uh, friends just yet I can't remember nah not really and it was like a couple of years later we became like best friends mm. so like I would often go there and play their 64 and really enjoy Mario 64 and Mario Kart and Smash Bros I like the, the three most prominent games we played together mm-hmm. um, so yeah I just went there and I remember just since I didn't have a 64 or the game I just sort of didn't know what I was doing at all and they yeah. wouldn't tell me the controls like this like looking at the Nintendo 64 controller when you're <laughs> um, just used to maybe a Super Nintendo or a Game Boy or something. There's a lot more buttons and sort of like the C buttons and everything just like don't make much sense. Yeah. <laughs> so what are the, especially like when you're playing like PlayStation 2, that makes a fair bit of sense. That made sense to me. You know, you're moving, you're moving the camera with the second analog stick. You got the triggers of that. But the Nintendo 64 controller, I'm like, all right, how do you jump on this thing? Like A? <laughs> like obviously A doesn't jump and yeah. It's the C buttons, mate. It's the fucking C yeah. buttons. just... <laughs> Get used to it, you fucking. So, but eventually I did get to the stage where, like, I knew what I was doing and I could beat the other guys who owned the game. Um, but as, as far as, like, um, Smash 64, when it was relevant, that's basically as far as it went until, like, um, when I got Brawl and then I went back to Smash 64 and really, like, um, got used to the mechanics of that game. Yeah, so w- when did you get um, Smash 64? Did you get it sort of when it was brand new or a fair few years down the line? Um, I was I was borrowing it from a friend at the time, to be completely honest with you, and then that friend and I stopped having contact anymore before I gave it back. Oh. I was like, hmm, well. <laughs> okay. And it, it just never really, it just never really come up in opportunity to ever give it back. Because, right, right. And, you know, that, that shit... Mm. I guess, because at the end of the day, I'd like to give it back. Um, I've had it all this time and I've never been one to, you know, hold on to those things if uh, they're not mine. Don't don't share their name on the podcast, but does their name yeah, start with yeah, this letter? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I know who it is. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. Um, so, you know, it, it, was, it was a situation where it was like, okay, well, I guess we're not friends anymore because they moved schools at the time and... Mm. They never kept contact with me, so I never had the opportunity to give it back. And then I found out years later that uh, they were accusing me of stealing it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you just never fucking called or wanted to see me anymore. Okay. So, yeah, never happened. Um, so I've still got that copy. If you want it back, person who you know who you are, you're more than welcome to have it. <laughs> it's been sitting at my house this entire time. Why? When they say, when they said, oh, you stole it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, no, I didn't. You just never asked for it back. How come you didn't give it back to him then? Uh, because I heard it through her girlfriend. Uh, through his ex-girlfriend. Right. 
Yeah. Or ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Right? Then, but yeah. he also accused me of stealing a bunch of other things too, which I never did. Mm. Uh, Smash Brothers is the only things, thing of his that I actually have left. So if he wants it back, he can have it back. And I was never holding onto it for a specific <laughs> purpose. You know? I just have it. So he can have it back. Right, right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's the copy of Smash I have. It's, mm. it's there at home. It's been in my game collection for however long and I used to play it all the time. Uh, but then I moved on to Melee and... You know, Melee wasn't that long after I had that and after I lost contact with him. So it's not like I was pining to keep it. Mm. Uh, Melee was obviously uh, a better game, but I, I will I will sort of go back on that anyway. Um, I think <laughs> I think with the original Smash, the big thing for me was, uh, it was it was all these characters just coming together and fighting. And you, then you had the oddity like, who the fuck is Captain Falcon and Ness? Yeah, yeah, what that was a big f- one for me. What the fuck are these two things? Because, like, you know, I played a lot of Super Nintendo, but I never owned one myself, and most of my time was spent on Mario games. So I had no idea what the hell those characters were. Unlocking them was a real treat and trying to figure out who the fuck they actually were. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it, it, it was just a whole... A whole thing. A lot of us played it, and we all had like a lot of fun competing and fighting each other and all that stuff. And yeah, it, it was great, and it, yeah. it sort of just kept on going on as time went on. And yeah, now what I'm thinking, I remember like back then I was playing. I like I loved Mario and I loved Pokemon, but I at that time I hadn't played Zelda yet. So uh, Link was a new character to me, and there was obviously like who the hell's Ness? Like it's just this boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just like there's this. The boy, <laughs> you, like don't know anything about Earthbound or anything, and Captain Falcon, you're like, oh, it's the it's the man that punches, and uh, yeah, it was just so uh, really cool to see like Yoshi and Pikachu, like they were like the two characters was like some of my favorites as a kid, seeing them come together and just being able to play with them in the same game. That was just a novelty in itself, mm. um, let alone just like um, like with Star Fox, like I knew. Um, who Fox McCloud was, but I never like really played um, Star Fox 64 at the time or anything. So um, it was just like a huge introduction to a lot of characters and franchises that I didn't know before. Mm, yeah. Mm. And I think that's that's one of the biggest things about Smash in general. Yeah. And it really brought Fire Emblem sort of back in the limelight and everything as well. Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. You know, once that sort of come through in melee... Um, did you? No, you didn't play. You didn't play any melee, really, did you? Oh, I did. Like it was pretty much just at your place, though, because like I didn't know anyone with a GameCube. Yeah. Um. So it was only like a few times before Brawl came out that like your place. I remember when you just got your DS Lite and you got like a you got the blue one, mm. so a blue colored one. What was the white one? Because they're, powder, they're powder blue. Uh, I went through three powder blues and got right. the white one because they're yeah. all fucked. Because I remember going to your place, trying out your uh, DS Lite. I'm like, oh, this is this feels great. Looks great. And I went back to my original DS and I actually like, hey, Bryce, did you um, do something to my DS? Because it's so dark. <laughs> like I, I didn't realize the screens were that drastic. Because yeah. I went back to my DS and I'm like, oh, like the screen was so dull. Mm. And that was it. I'm like, oh. As a kid, I'm like, I'm going to have to get a DS Lite. And 200 bucks as a kid is like, may as well be five grand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that's when I started actually like, all right, I'm going to save it up and yeah. get a DS Lite, which I eventually did months later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we were playing Smash Melee that, that night and uh, 
it was like it felt so weird because I'm just I was so used to playing the 64 version that it was like the next gen leap like overnight type of thing. Yeah. And I, I dare say a lot of kids that got into gaming maybe halfway or a bit later um, experienced that, whether they started off with an NES and then like, oh, here's a 64 just out of nowhere, for example. <laughs> yeah. Like just that leaps of holy shit, like um, the original Le- Legend of Zelda to um, Ocarina of Time. Mm. Oh, you're getting the phone call, Bryce. I am getting a phone call. You in trouble? No, nah, I'm not in trouble. Keep talking. Yeah, so like just the leap and just – being able to play like with different characters, like oh Ganondorf, all right, and playing as him and trying it out, and yeah, it was just a really, really um quite interesting just from that perspective. Um, in hindsight, probably Melee is probably my least favorite, but it does come down to just it's the one I spent the least time with. Um, so some of those mechanics now I'm just not as uh, familiar with. Yeah. Where's it? Where's to be honest? Um, it's probably one of the most popular Smash Bros. games in the in the series. Um, especially for the more um, competitive people that like their wave dashing and all of that type of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I never really got into any of that either. Mm. And I think the big thing the big thing for me was when Brawl came around, I was more impressed about the upgrade than it was about the loss of these features. Uh, but a lot of people didn't see that see it that way either. Yeah. Um, but Brawl was our big, our big time for Smash. You know, that was when we spent countless hours on Smash, always mm. doing new things and sort of we even went and competed at Avcon. And, yeah, um, well, even before then, there was a, uh, a Nintendo mm, Connection yeah, tour yeah. at um, Adelaide at uh, one of the shopping centres. and Which we both sucked at. Yeah, I can't quite remember what I did. I remember you. you might, like I literally had the game for two weeks. That was my first Smash Bros game I owned. Yeah, um, I got but, to second round and lost. But basically what the connection tour was, it's like a small area inside of the uh, shopping center. And you could go and play the latest releases on Nintendo DS and Nintendo Wii in 2008. And uh, they also had a Smash uh, Brawl tournament and we entered it and pretty much just hung around in this area all day just playing like whatever game was mm-hmm. out in 2008. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had a blast. Like we, we went up there just especially for this, which was probably like... Um, where people actually live in Adelaide, live in the city, probably just went there and going, oh yeah, just play it for like five minutes as they're walking past. Yeah. But we actually like made a real trip to get there. Um, got motel rooms and everything. My mum was really cool about it. Took us up there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I guess just to lead up to Super Smash Bros. Brawl, um, the Wii was my the first console I owned, so I can actually finally like buy these games for myself. And um, Mario Kart Wii only came out like a few months before Brawl, and I was so excited about Mario Kart Wii. Um, just, I was intes- anticipating that game so much. Mario Kart DS was one of my all-time favorite games. And uh, sort of all my hype was going towards that. And I knew Smash Bros. was coming out soon. And it sort of like snuck up on me um, after Mario Kart Wii. And that just uh, I, I couldn't stop playing Brawl. I absolutely loved the game. I fell in love with it. And especially um, with our friendship, Bryce, and how we, we caught up and played it all the time. It just like gave us a a bit of an edge just to keep on playing it. Yeah. Like, you know, we'll play it, get a little bit better, get a little bit better, a little bit better. And eventually that led to going to Adelaide, um, doing more um, sort of tournaments and that as yeah. kids. Uh, never really did any any good. We had some moments where we went all right, but yeah. I, I think we got the semis in uh, duos. Yeah. Which was good. Um, and we lost because I had a glitch and... Uh, that sucked. You and your bloody sheik. Yeah, the sheik, the sheik friggin' ledge glitch with the throwing fucking needles. Uh. Yeah, he was at the ledge. He was charging up his throwing needles, 
and it clipped him through the edge and he fell off and his clip he's doing his needles so he can't jump or anything. Yeah. So he just fell to his death. But I mean, uh in in when it came to brawl as well, you know, we had uh, we we went and organized a uh like a high school get together on a Saturday where we all had um a mini tournament. Yeah, actually uh, just just backing up on this um um, was it 2010 or 11 at my high school? Um, there was a teacher, I think it was actually vice principal or something. Um, Mr. Bell, um, just, he was just a really nice, um, teacher all throughout my high school. And one day he was like, Oh, I want to organize like, um, something to do during lunch times. I'm like, Oh, I should get a wee. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like. Oh, all right. Yeah. It's like, you know, I guess his mind automatically went to Wii Sports and that, and that's what comes with the Wii. So already set. He's like, oh, well, what else should I get with it? And me as a big uh, Smash Bros fan, I'm like, Smash Bros, for the love of God, please. And I said, um, you know, you need to get um, proper controllers. <laughs> so we got like some some of the Wii uh, virtual console controllers, which, which was better than nothing. Yeah. Um, so like a lot of times when I'll go in there at lunchtime, um, he, I would like nab those controls straight away, and other people would be stuck with the sideways, sideways <laughs> Wiimotes. It's just really funny. Um, but it was funny because he did pick up like secondhand Wii's from EB Games, mm-hmm. so they were like pretty busted. Yeah, <laughs> and like the case for Super Smash Bros. Brawl was just like it looked like it's gone through a house fire or something. Like it was just, <laughs> but it all it all worked. It was so much fun. Yeah, and I think there was was there two Wii's or was there three Wii's? Let's just say two Wii's. But so there was like two TVs going on and. Um, I was going in there every lunchtime with our friends and we we're playing Smash Bros. And it was really cool because I was able to experience it with people that weren't Nintendo gamers and weren't into Brawl at all. Mm-hmm. But they would come in and they will oh, yeah, let's play video games. Let's have some fun. Um, so a lot of those people got to sort of play Smash Bros and learn about Nintendo characters that weren't Mario or Pikachu or even Link. Yeah. Like they'd be like, who the hell is this guy? I'm like, oh, that's Ike from Fire Emblem. And it's like, oh, so they play as him and... Ike's pretty uh, beginner friendly, so they'll just be smacking his <laughs> up B all the time. Just hiya, boof, hiya, boof. So, all right, stop doing that, Ryan. <laughs> it's annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's um, when I started using uh, actually King DDD because everyone's just, it's just so hectic. Yeah. So I'm just like, all right, let's get the hammer out. Get let's the big boy. Get yeah. the big boy. And yeah, it's just such a, such a great game. I'd, I think of those memories so fondly. And that and that little community sort of carried on until Smash 4 as well. And I mean, yeah. you know, with the announcements leading up to it and stuff like that, but it didn't really stick around it as long. Yeah, well, Smash 4 came around in 2014 and I left my last year of school was 2012. Yeah. So I guess, you know, just naturally people move on. Um, that was also the year after a lot of people my age uh, had their gap year. So 2014, a lot of our friends were already moved to Adelaide or moved to wherever they're going. Yeah. Um, so we didn't have that local, I guess, community to play with. So it just ended up being us. So it was just us. And yeah. it, uh, in, in some ways it was unfortunate because like Smash Bros. Brawl, um, not Brawl, Smash 4 was just excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would even argue it might be my favorite Smash Bros. in a lot of ways, mm. um, even though Ultimate is... The Ultimate is the ultimate one and it is just uh, basically layering stuff on what Smash 4 was. But um, some of the changes they made, um, I don't know, I miss. I miss now even. Yeah. Even like some changes to some characters. Well, most of them were good, don't get me wrong. Um, but just getting rid of trophies and rid of like some of the modes that were in Smash 4, just, you know, kind of miss them. Yeah. 
That's true. And they just, uh, I wish, I hope they do get updated through an update. But I think we're kind of past past that point. That yeah, point where sure. they're just adding in modes. Like we got like home home run contests and stuff like that back. But I don't see us getting like um, smashed, not smashed at targets, but like uh, there was a mode which I forgot where you're like smashing crates to earn trophies. Trophy smash. Yeah, trophy smash. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty straightforward. Yeah, like I, I really love that, just earning trophies. And obviously trophies are gone, but yeah. just something like that for spirits even would be cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Bryce has given me the sign I am to wrap up. Sign. You don't have to be so sneaky about it, Bryce. You can't we're, just... we're at ultimate now and we talk about it all the time. So <laughs> I don't think it really yeah. needs to be said. Um, and besides, I've got to go uh, pick up pick up the family anyway. So Right. But yeah, no. Uh, Smash in general has been a huge part of our lives. And I think that is the main takeaway from this and why it's such a heartbreak to see these things happen within the community. And it's just good to remember the good times about Smash and what exactly it was about. And I think a lot of people think that way as well. Um, a lot of people, there was even that documentary about Melee um, back a few years ago mm. about the whole community surrounded around that and how they were just Smash Brothers fans. And they come to this point, they gained a bit of fame and, you know, and unfortunately that's not worked out very well for them uh, because they've done stupid things with that fame. Um, but at the end of the day, Smash Brothers is just a fun game, ladies mm. and gentlemen, and yeah. it has persisted as long as it has. And, you know, we can still count on talking to those people that we played back in the day to play Ultimate and still have the same amount of fun for what it's worth. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's about the game. And now that the uh, community is, uh, I guess, pretty much reset, yeah, it's built up again to be something that was better than it ever was. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right, everybody, thank you very much for listening to The House of Mario, episode 149. If you'd like to follow us on the social medias, you can follow me at iDruby, you can follow the show at The House of Mario, and you can fo- follow Bryce at IVRevan. Correct. Um, and I will suggest, um, if you're going to follow us any week, please be this week because that is where you're going to be able to be kept updated with uh, our live show for episode 150. Absolutely. It'll be happening next week, mm-hmm. uh, Monday, 8 o'clock Australian Central Standard Time. Yep. Um, I'll post more details as the time gets closer and also time conversion for you guys who live in America, Denmark. Beautiful. Great Britain. <laughs> other states in Australia, if Ooh. you can't work it out. <laughs> Uh, so I'm actually with all of this, Bryce. I have not n- nailed down a uh, Nintendo jukebox. So I am currently looking at the moment through my likes on SoundCloud. Beautiful. Um, usually not this uh, unorganized with it all, but I was looking at a lot of other information. Put an week. arms remix in there, Drew. I put an arms in one in last oh, week. Oh, you did? Okay. Mm. Okay, I got this one. So it's uh, this is by. Um, the eight bit big band, which we have done before, and I'm not sure if I've done this exact song, but it's gonna, it, it might be a double up, it might not be, but it's, I know it's awesome because I listen to it. I actually listen to this album in the car on the way home from work. I Beautiful. Playing it like 11 o'clock at night, just like banging it. Um, <laughs> it's pretty cool. So, everybody, thank you very much, and we'll uh, see you next week. And it, well, well, I'm, I'm a bit lost. Until next week, the doors to the house of Mario are closed. Oh, I've got that turned down.
Let's try again. <laughs> Catch you later. Bye.